This podcast is presented by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at www.uctv.tv. Enjoy the presentation. This is for a friend of mine who used to, when he called me up, he'd say, Prêt pour la révolution, you know, which means ready for the revolution. He got that from Secretary of Guinea. And uh, I wanted to know what he meant by ready. And he said, ready for the revolution. So this is for him, called Understanding Readiness, for Kwame Ture, who was Stokely Carmichael. Beep, That's a tune called Johnny Come Lately by Billy Strayhorn. How do we know who we are? except in the world, going through it together? How do we know where we are except with each other, facing reality like dogs straining on a leash? How do we know who are our friends and who are our enemies? Only by what they do, who they hold on to, who they fight for and support, who they help, who they feed in the storm, whose side they're on. How do we know who can lead? Only by seeing them do it. Only by feeling the realness and hopefulness, their sincerity and courage. Only by touching their love for the actual selves of us. Only by their suffering in our name, the jailings, the beatings and torture. Only by the way our enemies describe them. Only by their wisdom and plans, their affirmations, their pronouncements and positions. What they think and move on. What direction they give us to transform our slave conditions. Can we name those who are heroes? Yes, if we are conscious, even when they are still alive. Who is it that will take this brother's place? All of those who understand what his life was, what he wanted, what he did, and who in the end he looked to as comrades in struggle, whatever their names or philosophies or ideologies or uniforms of preparation, all who want democracy and freedom. How do we know we must struggle? How do we know? Is that why we are here to listen again, to see again, to feel again? Can we still ask the brother we celebrate, whom we loved, whom we still desire to lift us with his transforming fire? We know if we call his name, he will come. What, what do we need him now to do that he has not already done? We need him with us because he is part of us now, part of our consciousness and feeling and history. We need him now because without him we are not whole, nor will we go anywhere but backward, which he would never do. How do we speak to him now? With our love, our understanding, our developed consciousness, we speak to him with our acts, with our commitment, with facts, with our unyielding will and struggle to be free, our self-determination, our soul-deep pledge to help unite and liberate oppressed people everywhere with the same fierceness we fight for Pan-Africa. Africa, the Afro-American nation, is that clear? And what is this brother's name? Organizer, Black Panther, Lowndes County, SNCC, Black Power, Black United Front. What is this brother's name? Organizer, Black Panther, Lowndes County, SNCC, Black Power, Black United Front, Pan-Africa, Nkrumah, Scientific Socialist, Ready for the Revolution. What is this brother's name? Undying love for the people, all African people's Revolutionary Party, Stokely Carmichael, Kwame Ture, comrade, warrior, ideologue, thinker, revolutionary, leader, hero, my man, my brother. My dear brother. Thank you. Uh, this is, uh, uh, <laughs> this is, you remember a guy named Tarzan used to run around and threaten the Negroes in Africa. You know, <laughs> he didn't have on a shirt, you'd be running around, you know. 
Then he started getting kind of fat around the stomach, so he had to put on his shirt. And he changed his name then from Tarzan to Jungle Jim, actually. Uh, and then he left uh, there and came over here and became governor of California. <laughs> so actually, Tarzan uh, means super black. Tar, you know what that is. Zange is Swahili for black. You know. So Schwarze means black. And nega, of course, we know means Clarence Thomas. So there's both of those. <laughs> Boom, 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 dun, 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 dun. This is called Jungle Jim Flunks His Screen Test. Dun, 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 dun. James, you should know how the world makes you ugly. You is, you know, James, very ugly. You ugly, we used to say back in the playground, just touching the surface of the thing. Not understanding that there's ugly, there's ugly, then various deeper degrees like dirty ugly. Sick ugly, devil ugly, death ugly, right on till you get to the bottom of the beginning of some shit too ugly to be dug by mere you, man. I never seen that deepest, dirtiest, past serial killer ugly. I seen Bush too and his charcoal imp dummy Neil Mint. I seen a lot, a Bilbo, a thing wrapped in white sheets, carrying his burning soul disguised as a baking nigra, eyes melting in the snot. I seen something so ugly I cancel it out of my mind. And if I try to remember, I get horizontal lines and blood come out of my fingers. Ugly is the first letter of where you is. Satan begin with an S. Put together they is money, a collection of ignorant medusas, Halloween, piano lessons, and a human skin mask, polka dot with blood. Self is above, dead and unconnected, as if floating, defying gravity with the magic of bullshit. You ugly with and in and because you is, was the same. You ugly because you know you ugly and say you ain't. You ugly because you eat everybody in Belch Hollywood. You ugly because you like it and you want to be ugly and you think ugly cute. You uglier than anybody except who made you ugly. Look between your legs at the flickering light of skyscraper teeth on fire again and some people say God did it. Is either him or somebody else colored? You ugly because that's how you got rich, but you got more ugly than you got money. With all that money, you're still ugly. The ugliest other thing in the world think you ugly and happy because you make them feel better. You uglier than Agnew. When you get your PhD in ugly, you will be Hitler's last meal. You uglier than Churchill and Bush, the father's hideous wife. Ghouls say you ugly behind your back. Vampires scared of you. When Clarence Pendleton passed gas, it painted your face all over the room. You uglier than that painting Clarence Thomas got in the attic of his real self, which Oscar Wilde did of him. You uglier than Papa Doc, Hitler, and Mobutu. You uglier than Mussolini, Franco, and the Swedish angel is your twin. You uglier than zombie vomit, uglier than zoo dirt. You the ugliest thing in the human family, and that idea you got saying you human is ugly. You ugly as devil doo-doo. White supremacy in you is identical. You ugly as the brain emptiness of a cracker lynch mob. You ugly as Falwell dressed as Cab Calloway. You uglier than white people. You uglier than Armstrong Williams. You and Ashcraft as movie stars among the backward dead. All insects look bitter than you. At your best, you as vomit. Rats run away from you. You as uglier than Dahmer's sweet tooth. You as uglier than the police. War is your makeup. 
prison your altar, assassination your conversation, you think stealing make you better looking, lying give you an orgasm, only pain make you smile, but you so ugly no smile would stay near your face, you drink people's tears and paint your face with their blood, you so ugly when you sleep, your dreams torture people, the devil complain when you tell people you him, the devil say you're uglier than him, that could be a trick, but nobody ever seen the two of you all together, but the devil dressed better than you, the devil dressed better than you, your face is a uniform, clothes won't let you put them on. You cannot fart because gas refuses to stay in your ass. You went to Denmark for sexual transformation, but the doctors could not figure out sex you were. You claim not to be dead. You claim not to be dead. You claim the reason you look the way you do is not your fault. Nature made me like this, you say. Naturally, everything denies it. Everything denies it. Jungle Jim, you flunk your screen test. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to read too long for my own sake. But <laughs> this is a a book. I I read the Loku last night, so I read some short poems, and I'll read this. This is called Monk Poems, Poems for Theolonious Monks. Well, you needn't. Are you Theolonious Monk? The conductor asked. I already answered that, Monk said. Looking at his wrist like he had a watch. The devil walked upon Theolonious Monk. Inventing the breakdance. Hey, the devil say. Hey, monk left elbow reply. What's that shit, the devil signified. Hmm, this dude gonna make me lose my high. Monk stopped his shit and walked away. Another lame was all he say. Yeah, we heard monk had met the devil. Next time we see monk, we ask him, what was the devil like? Monk say, he wasn't calling himself the devil when he hit on me. Crisscross. Monk used to talk without opening his mouth, like a smile with a hiss for wheels. He had question mark flashing eyes and frown mouth like a circle inside his head. So when this cop saw Monk turning in circles, said, why are you doing that? The smile said, getting high. The hiss said, what it look like, motherfucker? <laughs> Buddha asked Monk, if you were always right, would it be easier or more difficult living in the world? I knew you'd ask that, said Monk. Blue and invisible. Dun, 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 dun. Theolonius, 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 where are you now? Maestro, when the whole world tries to be weirder than you. But we know the difference between weird and up. <laughs> Monk was my favorite musician of all time. Not only his music, but the way he acted. 12 midnight, Theolonius Sphere Monk time. I could think around midnight, we got put in a boat. I don't really know, remember, I might do got sense too. I could think around midnight, we got here from the way off we was. Left was left is left be left till wrong right was red before I read, black before that, mind, memory, turned me blue. I could feel that 
Monk did. He could think midnight was deep and dark, even blacker than we, and things around us was quiet. Things alive you couldn't see. So Monk composed the epistrophe. In Hell's Kitchen, Monk, if you run into Jesus, ask him could he set fire to a bush one more time. Man, Jesus been dead, and God ain't Count Basie. Thank you. I just want to read these two poems. This is called Race or Class. Race or Class is the stymieing contradiction puzzling those who ponder affirmative action. The black middle class, some say, has grown so strong as to make any social remuneration for that often crass, betraying bunch redundant. They've already copped that prize for which millions of bloods gave their lives. And there are white folks poor as dirt who make even some brothers and sisters in the project look like they're doing good. Oh, yeah, is our reaction. Water climbing up our nervous traceries. But slavery still make it plain that black you was and black you is, no matter what you gain. So, yeah, we must include class considerations so that Colin Powell's boring son do not cop at little Abner Jr.'s expense. <laughs> right on. But I leave you with this burning fact, which Du Bois was wise enough to state. Many have suffered as much as we, but none of them was real estate. Thank you. Uh, uh, this, I think this might be the last poem. I think it's about a half hour, right? That's John Coltrane, Lonnie's Lament. This is called Fashionness from the Irony of the World. This is the poem I wrote after I wrote Somebody Blew Up America when these people tried to take this poet Lark, which they couldn't actually do because it meant they would have to go back in time, which they wanted to do, but actually, <laughs> what they call it, ex post facto, they'd have to go back in time. So what they did is get rid of the poet laureate position in New Jersey so that we no longer have a poet laureate so that we're officially ignorant before the world. <laughs> and the poor governor who asked me to resign, of course, had to resign a year later for having a homosexual, adulterous affair which I thought was a lie, actually, because if he was for gay uh, rights, he should have said, I'm gay and I'm the governor, so what now? What you going to do? <laughs> but he had to resign, so, so much, you know, they say what goes around comes around. <laughs> -dee -dee, dee -dee -dee, dee -dee -dee. So this is my reaction to all of that. Fashionists from the irony of the world. That I, the undaunted laureate of the place, daunted in some young as yetted pretense of what they see, they be, as if such where they was, was yet to be. And then to say they is and is not, like revelations, wow, humans. The skin, the lodging inside dumbness, a slight breeze frees their speech. To speak as if acquainted with small things in the world, eating, belching, farting, murder, robbery. And so... 
as if, and them too they is, but nothing further but the wee dots on the deletion resembling the minds of them yet to come. Imagine you were me, or imagine you were thee, and we knew all the things both do and is and will ourselves to be. Imagine you were in this place, and they wanted to run around pointless, endless, understanding not even why they smell or their hair fall out, or what to do about gout, that they're yet stupid to colds and cancer and death they think holy and ultimate. When death is simply a report card of the ignorant, nothing dies but that which never lived, and it might return in a white suit and in charge of ugly small mistakes. Somebody at Harvard could win a billion dollars in a post if they could find out, but they never will because it is the reason they committed suicide. Suppose you had to live with ignorant white people and Negroes in cages with important chains around their mouths. Suppose you had heard of Trent Lott. Suppose you woke up 1 a.m. and there was a vampire on the tube being interviewed by a niggalino boob, a handsome rat for whom the idea of brain was only an idea, which he did not think, if he could, was a bad one. And the boob was a killer yet to graduate from killer school. So he worshipped the vampire's teeth, the two juicy thangs hanging from each end of his lip the Negro thought was hip and dreamed of having teeths like that so he could be a rat. He was tired of being a mere heel. And the vampire was planning to bite the whole world, to suck the blood out of everything, to suck the blood out of the world and make its future a vampire that could whirl through space and suck the blood out of the stars, suck the blood out of the planets, and suck the blood out of the moon, and suck the blood out of the sun, and then armed and blubbery fat with everything's blood still hot and musical like emptiness, he could lift into the outer way gonosphere and search for God, if there was such, and suck the blood out of him, her, it, them, whatever, till there was no blood anywhere, not even you, blood. In fact, you'd be one of the first to go. It was a special issue of Jungle Comics, where the vampire, the thin-nosed kind from the outback who can suck with his teeth and stir with his nose, whose eyes are missing and what you see is the bottom of a coal mine filled with 2,000 fathoms of lynch, execution, missing, rape, cheated, framed, slandered, stolen, frowned, frozen ex-corpuscles, hid under the glistening, listening underwater asscraft of the satanic moron cult whose breath is toxic and pokes holes in the sky so dead things can shit on our food. He is called Fangul, the asshole, and dances to dry lips set on fire by missing junkies he has eaten. He is the devil's newspaper and wears his ass backwards so the colon can wear a uniform. And revelations can be burned, especially chapter 18, verse 12, where it say, beware of ugly motherfuckers who is not really ugly motherfuckers, but uglier, much, much, much more uglier than that. So spake Nat, Amen. I speak with the rage of angels, them that be with marks. I speak with the clarity and inferno of the necessary, like my man John on Patmos watching Sky Vision and digging it was all commercials. I speak like Alibaba, the Arabian Pope, who when he spoke the magic words, opened his sucker up, and the mountain swang in vision one day, there would be a John named Train who would blow the same shit. I blow with the deep fear of John on the island, looking at the actual devil. I am like him in that I try to count the Mammy Jamma's heads and horns and find out what will kill him. I speak like him who spoke to Philadelphia and hung out with Jesus before they murdered him. I speak like him who dug that Peter was a coward and gave the Lord up, and that Paul was an anti-Semite who never came out of the closet. I speak as one who knew Judas would drop a dime on the movement and confirm the chump had hung his lousy self just before I got busted. 
I speak as one betrayed by the lies of those who say they are religious but are greed-ridden worshipers of Satan who kill anyone who opposes them and calls it a church of defense against evil. Like John, I would speak. Like John who baptized, like John the Nor, John the Blower, John the Brown, like John the Revelator. I speak like James the Brother, James the Other, Jim the Hip, like Dick the Rude, like Bird the High, like Monk the Deep. I speak from the island of my soul and cast a terrified look into the sky filled with monsters, with witches and devils, with great whores and beasts of things with heads and horns and blood dripping out of their eyes. It is out. Imagine you were here in this place, staring into the soul of something filthy, trying to keep it from murdering you, to keep your eyes from registering, your ears from hearing, your mouth from reporting, and you could feel it breathing on your neck and saw sometimes the shadow of its horny hands reaching out of the blind dark. You could see the shadow of its gun, its lie, its teeth sweating. Imagine you could actually understand its obscene ideas, and they made you enter the mind of Fred Douglas and stare out at the ocean, just as John at the edge of Africa, staring at the overhead commercials on the death of the beast. And so the blessing that is in my name and in my words I give to myself and you who are truthful as the actual life of the world, and it is this blessing which will save us, will make us strong as we go on with our work of scientifically determining how to kill the beast. Each night I fill my notebooks with formula and instructions to myself and others on what to do, what to study, where to go, who to talk to and when. I make lists of words and names and events and processes. Necessary stages of what we have come to realize is protracted, and what we do, we will do. And what we succeed at is worth the pain. What we fail at is worth the understanding if we can understand what the next step is. We are studying with all our minds and hearts and souls determination to understand how to slay the serpent. This task Nat handed down to whoever did understand that that was what he did, hanging on that tree slain by the serpent's host. And so we have learned that we cannot die except by our own submission to it. And have decided we will not die except when we understand what place we go to and so begin to set that where in order and begin to understand where the beast will be hiding there. We are the rider of the black horse. Black horse. We are the rider of the black horse. Black horse, black rider who conquers with a scale. With justice and measure in the mighty pentatonic mode of the finite music of infinity, a new joint. And when I returned from this forwarding of my feeling and knowing, the beast sat still, and teeth wiggled with lies, and at once I remembered where before I'd seen him, before his tenure as the counterfeit ghost in the Caucasian crib. Yes, it was the same one. Remember the little devil that Gerald 2X arrested and placed in the pages of Muhammad Speaks? And we saw him where Malcolm had locked him up with the little horns out of his head, the evil eyes, and the twin fang straws for sucking oil and blood? Ding, ding, ding. It got clear to me as he rose to leave, and the Negro boob slobbered happiness at being recognized as the newest commode in the Caucasian abode. The vampire turned, and where before the cunning little tail that used to dangle at his hiney struck me at its absence. Oh, I thought... And at that moment, I saw the thing dart like a copperhead's fart out of the Negro's curled lips, ring with the white Caucasian chalk circle of merit, 
which identifies wooden Negroes promoted to the honorary genus of homo locus subsidiary, literally near man, who no longer kneel when they are made well-paid heels, but can now assume the funky bedbug crouch of the hideously self-hating. At the same time, they are given gray facsimile carte blanche weapons of ugliness to use against inwards and any who would violate the sanctity of northern appetite. And so I came to understand that the beast's deadly arrow shot from out of the first horseman's white bow from the white horse, the weapon which revelations prophesied to John was the weapon of his transitory rule, was now the tongue of the boob whom I err at calling him that, or rat, or heel, or dog, or traitor. That tail become a tongue was the sign that from the vampire's tail was bestowed on the wooden negro a badge that allowed him to enter clan meetings and skinhead lynchings and Texas executions and Palestinian ethnic cleansings and report with the slobber of his terrificatious white-ringed serpent's beak symbol, font, and punctuation on the tabula rasa of the media sheet, the empty echo of his eviscerated self. And in the soul's place, that beast's tail was hung. In the soul's place, that beast's tail was hung. That beast's tail was sung. And I stood remembering Patmos and the images that sailed across the air when you and I was there and wondered what next the world of this life held for those who would love goodness. Thank you. You've been listening to a podcast from University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at www.uctv.tv. Thank you for listening.